0: October is Domestic Awareness Month, and we are here to empower others through education and awareness. Welcome
1: to the Empowerment Zone with Ramona Houston, where we zone in on black
0: and brown relations and our journey to empowering our communities. Today, I'm talking to two dynamic women, Krista McGowan, founder and CEO of Critique Consulting, and Celine Alexandria, a health communication specialist. To my surprise, both women experienced intimate partner violence while attending college. In our conversation today, Krista and Celine discussed their experiences, their fears and insecurities, and at the same time, their power. They explained how they use their strength to free themselves from abuse. I hope you are inspired by our conversation. It takes a lot to share something so personal with others in such a public way. So I commend Krista and Celine for sharing their stories. Krista and Celine understand that through our lives and our pain, we have the power to inspire and empower others. Enjoy our conversation. And see show notes for more information about Krista and Celine. Also, make sure you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Your support will ensure that we continue our journey in empowerment and impact. Thank you. The Empowerment Zone is all about empowerment and impact, and personal empowerment is a part of that. The only way We are able as individuals to live up to to our fullest potential and make our unique impact in the world is to be empowered. And so we want you, all of our audience, individually and collectively to make your unique impact in the world. So today uh, we are all about personal empowerment and I have two wonderful guests with me today, uh, Celine Alexandria and Krista McGowan, these powerful women who are all about personal empowerment. So before we get to our topic today, uh, Celine and Krista, could you tell us a little bit about yourselves?
2: Sure, I'll start off. Thank you so much Ramona for this opportunity. Definitely always great to um have these times to speak in an open forum and just like casual conversation. Um so a little bit about me. Um I went to Spelman and I know you did all in the intro, but that was like a point in time for me to grow up as a woman and become this blossoming girl. Um and I really got a niche for public health while I was enjoying biology and I knew I wanted to do something besides like just being a doctor, I wanted to help like on a a large scale and cast a great net, Um, but I had always worked with young women, Um, but a lot of things that took me off my path, I was like, I have to share this, I have to tell all the girls, like everybody behind me that's coming up, they're going to know everything, and I got to touch as many people as I can, so I started speaking and mentoring young women, I became a big um, part of big brother, big sister, as a big sister. And really just started like trying being a mentor, like kind of young. Um, and i just been working from there creating um, workshops around self-discovery and empowerment um, and really finding yourself and unpacking your baggage and what um, self-worth, your value and body image really mean um, and they mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of empowering yourself and what it really means to like take that step forward um, out of uncomfortable situations or relationships um, and then I tried to like mesh that with my whole work so um, I, I do a lot around women's health and global health, um, in, in America and in Spanish speaking countries. my um, focus is African American and Latino women, uh, when it comes to reproductive justice and, um, general women's health. So I am applying for medical school to be at OBGYN for the next cycle. So fingers crossed, um, and to really make change on a national, local, regional level. Um, and I worked in behavioral health. And so that was a really big thing for me to, uh, Incorporate um, intimate partner violence with substance use coercion. Um, so, that was a topic that I was really big on. And actually, um, pregnant mothers who are using medicated assistant treatment while being able to get their prenatal care. So, I have a lot of little fun goodies in my little Barney bag, I call it. <laughs> I'm a kid of the 90s, so Barney was real big with that. <laughs> uh, so, I just, my Barney bag, I always fill it up with as much as I can. So I can share these things with our communities because representation matters. And we don't talk about enough of these kind of topics in our um, communities of black and brown women of color.
0: Love it. So you're out there doing great work empowering other women particularly uh, women of color. And um, that is some great work that you're doing in the medical field and the public health field. And I'm so glad you joined me today. So tell us about you Krista. Well, thank you so much Ramona for having me. Um,
1: This is definitely an honor to just talk and share um, just like what Celine said. So thank you again for this opportunity. Um, My name is Krista McGowan, originally from the Bay Area from San Jose, California traveled across the country to go to school at Clark Atlanta University, and that Woo-hoo! changed my life. <laughs> yes, shout out to the Panthers. Um, so I actually got my Bachelor of Arts in fashion and my MBA in supply chain management from CAU. And from there, I started my image consulting firm. So I did work in corporate America for about 10 years, almost 10 years. And I just saw basically the um, steep learning curve specifically for black and brown individuals when it comes to being professional and really how to carry themselves in a professional manner and to be confident. So that is one reason why I started my image consulting firm. Now I primarily work with professional women on their wardrobe, which automatically helps them to build confidence and it really helps them show up as the powerhouses that they are. So I love what I do. I love the work that I do. Um, I am also very involved in the community. Um, We can talk about this later, but I I do sit on a board of a nonprofit and um, just continuing to to build my network, do the work and um, try to make a difference in any way that I can. So thank you for the opportunity.
0: Wow, Krista, an image consulting firm and moving thousands of miles away to get, go to Clark Atlanta University. Um, I'm just really um, excited about the work that you're doing and how you're personally empowering our communities. So as you both know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I have you as guests on today. So I want to know why you are so uh, passionate about this issue.
1: Yeah, so Domestic Violence Awareness Month. This, so I did grow up in an environment, in an abusive environment. Um, My dad was abusive. And so growing up, I would always say that I would never be in this type of situation. Both of my sisters, unfortunately, are survivors as well. Um, But I always told myself again, like, I'm educated, I have um i'm in a different environment i have access to different types of men and i'm you know i would never consider myself to be in the situation and then july 1st 2017 came and that's when i became a survivor of domestic violence um i most recently came out about my story this year it was actually five years later and I wanted to share my story for mainly two reasons. Number one is I didn't want to hold his secret any longer. I felt like I was protecting him, I was protecting his image, and it was becoming detrimental to my mental health. And so through therapy, through educating myself on the cycle, on why this happens, how this happens, what are the emotional, Triggers and um, things of that nature that helped me to realize that number one, I wasn't the issue. And number two, how can I take my power back? So the first thing was, I'm no longer holding the secret for you. I need to share my story. And then the second part is also just to share my testimony. I am in a space now, and it took me about five, four to five years to where I can talk about it without crying without having any type of breakdown. And I felt that it was important for me to share that because I know that there are other women who look like me, who are professional women, who are beautiful, who are successful, but it still happened to them. And sometimes when we hear about domestic violence, we automatically have a certain image in our heads about the type of women that this happens to. And so for me, it was important to say, hey, you know, as an image consultant, as a business owner, yes, this happened to me. And not only did it happen to me, but I am now in a place where I am healthy, I did find love again, and you too can survive.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Krista, for sharing why you're passionate and, you know, the difficulty of even sharing your story, um, taking five years, you know, just to be able to talk about it to others, talk about it public, publicly. We appreciate you sharing your story. Celine, how about you? Why are you so passionate about uh, the issue of domestic violence?
2: Yeah, so I love um, celebrating Domestic Violence Awareness Month now. I actually didn't know that it was a month. And, um, unfor- and I'll say fortunately, but unfortunately, it falls during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So because Breast Cancer Awareness Month has such a push commercially um, and in the nonprofit sector, um, it, it kind of gets a little bit of shadow. So I love to like bring the both importance of both because breast cancer screenings are just as important as um uh, the awareness of intimate partner violence um and domestic violence in general. So um I'm I'm very passionate about that. The fact of just making people aware of the month and this mental health day, World Mental Health Day in the month of October, too. So just a lot of um Those, uh, you know, revitalizing, resetting and uh, awareness of certain issues that come to women's health. So of course, I'm the first girl for that. Um, So I definitely, um, I I have it as a great passion and importance. Um, But For me to celebrate it and talk about it during it and why the topic is so special to me and such a baby to me is for the same reason as Krista. I don't call myself a survivor. Um, It always reminds me of the distant child song, but um, I actually call myself an advocate because I do a lot of work um, in the space of uh, public health and I'm really big on policy making and uh, reform and equitable, you know, services and, you know, mental health and, getting behavioral health and mental health services how those look how you know you can create your own type of mental health um service for you so um you know I I definitely um you know want to be in the space of helping um but it took me a while to really like get there as well and to talk about it so um I think it may be I think it was maybe three or four years I told someone actually like verbally but I wasn't telling people um like in public spaces or I've grown as a content creator like sharing as a content creator or things like that so last year when a Spelman sister and y'all were repping Clark Atlanta earlier (laughs) (laughs) is our homecoming the following weekend so (laughs) shout out to all Spelmanites as well (laughs) but I love the AUC I got two degrees out of the AUC so I love the AUC um and any HBCU um but um but yeah, so, you know, uh, you know, speaking about it as Spelman wasn't a thing. And so, um, you know, growing as a content creator and being able to speak in these private public platforms, a Spelman night came to me at a alumna um, meeting and she was like sharing women's stories. A lot of them were breast cancer stories. And so I was like, hey, have. You know, I, I told her my story a little bit. She was like, oh, we have to get you in the magazine. But I knew in the, when I knew going public in this magazine, my mom was going to want to see me. I do take a lot of pictures. So she, I had professional pictures. And so really get in depth of that. You know, she asked one poignant question that like, what was the worst or what was your most memorable imagery? And so me having to relive the imagery, I was like, oh, I have to tell my mom because when she reads this, she's going to really know like, oh, you're not just advocating. It's like a cute advocate. Like, you know, I'm advocating for this and that. And you know, like I'm advocating for menopause too, but am I actually a survivor or someone who's been through this? So it hits a lot different and I knew I had to tell her. So that is really what made me have to go, you know, public with my family and just really, really take the whole mask off. And like Krista, I would cry. And I think when I read it to my, uh, a guy, um, that I was dating at the time, um, I, I like choked up a little bit of reading because I was kind of still embarrassed last year to even like share this on paper with him to know like oh you were in that situation I've told him but just to like um just just relive kind of like that actual moment that I actually said in the magazine um it was called hot, hot pink um hot pink mustard seed so um so yeah so um it's really important to me in those regards and the fact that um whenever i speak um i was almost a teenage mom um at 16 so i always speak to what girls about you know loving yourself and what's that mean and um you know our your relationship with men we don't as black women i don't know in other cultures i can just speak for my own we don't we don't get that we don't get that um We don't get that training or that coaching on how to have a uh, healthy relationship with a young man. It's always get away from that boy, get away from that boy. Don't talk to them. But then when you do, it's like, what do I do? And then you're getting all this thrown at you. Oh, you're cute. You're this, let me take, you know, you don't have, we don't, I know in my household, in my culture, we didn't get that. So, you know, talking to women, okay, how did you feel? How, what did he say? So I became sex education certified. um, And then I've just, kind of really put my whole career towards like, I don't ever want another girl to have to go through. I know I can't save everybody, but I'm going to be Captain Cece saving all the girls who want to be saved and want to get, um, you know, that, you know, empowered again and and own your power again, like Krista talked about. So I, you know, I, I really am very important about the self-image and self-value and worth because that's where I was lacking at. For those things to happen to me, um, and you know, and for the the and I actually have been in two abusive relationships, um, and for both relationships, I knew they had flaws, but I knew that I needed to change some things within me too. So, how can we put the responsibility on self? So, in a lot of my workshops, we kind of break that down, and you know, a lot of people I get a lot of flack for like, well, why can't you just leave? Why is it that easy? So, I'm very a stickler for you know advocating for those kind of things and making sure it's important that that's kind of disrespectful to ask. kind of questions because it's not that easy
0: thank you so much uh for sharing your passion and that and to know that you are actually out there educating uh young women on the issue so that they can uh be empowered and know how to have a healthy relationship so i'm really curious you know there are many um reasons why people um women in particular um, are get into abusive relationships with which both of you implied about self-esteem, uh, not really understanding what a healthy relationship is. Um, Krista, could you talk a little bit about, um, you know, your own personal story in terms of relationships and what you learned? and what you would teach others to know, hey, these are the things you need to develop personally and intentionally to ensure that you are a part of a healthy and affirming relationship.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for that question. So just to provide some statistics, one in three women, um, and that number is increasing. So it is getting worse. I believe since the pandemic There's been 82% more reports on domestic violence since the pandemic. So one in three women and one in four men experienced some form of intimate partner violence. Um, And for me personally, my, um, my ex did not... So there's two parts of it. One, I ignored the red flags. I thought that he had an anger issue. Well, I saw that he had an anger issue, but I never thought that it would be towards me um, because he treated me differently. I've seen the way that he acted towards his friends um, or other people that would get him upset, but I just never thought that it would happen to me. Um, So number one, I did not know the red flags. And then the second part was the emotional part of it. It didn't happen until one year into our relationship. So he didn't actually put his hands on me until literally the the weekend, because it was, we were celebrating our birthday together and it was that weekend that it happened almost to the day. And so for me, my first thought was, I want to help him. It wasn't, oh, I need to leave. I need to get my, I wasn't worried about my self-worth and what could happen to me. I wanted to say, well, let me help this Black man. Let me see what I can do to get him in a better place I tried to get him in therapy and I tried to provide all the resources that I needed for myself and so I think just with not really putting myself first that was the first issue and that's something that I educate different teens and other women is that you have to put yourself first And that's not selfish. It's necessary. And don't feel guilty about it. I think as women, we can be very nurturing and just automatically put ourselves to the side. But in these types of cases, when you see the anger, when you see the jealousy, it starts off with them um, being angry, being jealous. And then all of a sudden you start being isolated. They start saying, oh, who are you talking to on the phone? Or who is that in the background? Or why are you spending so much time with this group? And then I slowly found myself by myself and I really felt like I couldn't really talk to others. So the self-esteem part, putting yourself first unapologetically and then also giving yourself the permission to share with others. Don't worry about being embarrassed. There are people in your lives that love you, that care about you. And I always say that is the first thing that I should have done is shared more with my friends in the beginning. And like I mentioned, it was my birthday weekend, so I did have friends that were in town. Um, So I was forced to tell them when it happened, because they clearly saw it. Um, They didn't see it happen, but they saw the aftermath. Um, But I just wish that I would have trusted my circle enough to share what I was going through. And so I, I think those would be probably the top three things is, number one, putting yourself first, unapologetically identifying the red flags and taking action don't wait for them to prove that they are capable of more I said oh okay he's just yelling okay well he didn't touch me this time and he would always say the same thing hey I didn't put my hands on you I'll never hit you I didn't put my hands on you until he did so believe them when they show you the first time and then also entrusting a small circle even if it's one or two individuals and trusting them in sharing what's going on in your life. So I'm naturally a very private person, and I'm trying to come out of that because it was detrimental. Um, so just finding that that tribe and that small circle of people that you do trust.
0: Thank you so much, Krista, for those three uh, recommendations and advice for people who uh, to prevent them from um, having abusive relationships and those that are in it, how to how to move away from it. Um, so many times, you know, like you stated, women, we're always taking care of others. The most important thing you can do is take care of yourself. They even say that on the plane. Put the mask on yourself first before you put it on somebody else. So save yourself first. Take care of yourself. You are the only person that is responsible for you. And the fact of the matter is, if you're not taking care of you, no one else will. So thank you for expressing the importance of taking care of yourself and putting you first, as well as the other uh, advice of identifying red flags and then also being able to trust uh, your friends and family, because many times, no matter what challenge we're going through as individuals, we need the supporters around us to help us through. You know, so thank you so much, Krista for sharing. Celine, um, one of the things uh, a lot of people don't realize is the fact that we that we do have intimate uh, partner violence among teenagers and young adults, uh, college students, those who are uh, you know, who we consider we still consider uh, young people, and I know uh, you have shared your story on with me personally about being abused as a uh, as a young person. So could you tell us a little bit about that and what advice you would give to young people who are in abusive relationships?
2: Yeah, um. The first thing I always uh, like to tell young women, and even young men, because something is in a young man who has this anger, and it could be um, a same-sex uh, relationship, any type of relationship, so I, I share this information with young women and young men, um, that you're not alone, and I wanted to be a part of that reason of to make sure you're not alone, because I felt alone when I was going through it, and I felt really alone at that time, because you, you go through so many emotions, uh, For me going to an all-Black school, I was at the top 10 of my class Um, And I was the smarty pants to go on a spellman where everybody's looking like Rudy Huxtable, literally Rudy (laughs) Huxtable went to my school, y'all. So like, I was like, I don't not fit for this. I didn't come from this background. Um, I grew up half here in Detroit and half in Atlanta. And this just wasn't my reality. And so I just felt like I was so beneath everybody and I was always the underdog and trying to go two steps up. And so I really felt alone. You know, We had mental health services at Morehouse, excuse me, wrong school. We 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 had mental health services at Morehouse School of Medicine too because one of my relationships was when I was at Morehouse School of Medicine and that's where I actually found um, the light and the the um, the way out um, if, if you want to call it in quote quotations but when I was at Spelman I was in a deep 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 dark place and I really felt alone and because I got pregnant at 16 I already had blows to my self-esteem and not really feeling um, up to the bar the standard of the girls at Spelman so um, I would that's my first thing that I always say is you're not alone and if any Thing. You can call me, you can reach out to me. We start a group, whatever we need to do to make sure if you don't have money for services when it comes to insurance, but that goes to the health equity part. But I'll leave that alone for now. uh but um, but yeah, so um that that was important for me because I felt alone. I felt as if I couldn't tell anybody. Um, I got into the situation actually with someone who wasn't even in school, they would come around the AUC and kind of like loiter and kind of like I feel like prey on us but he was a couple of years older um, than me and I felt like both situations they caught me in deep dark places where I really didn't know myself I didn't know my purpose I didn't like the way I looked I didn't like the way I felt um, I had been ostracized from a lot of my friends I was, I, had, I was difficult making friends girls had credit cards and BMWs I had a Honda and no credit card no credit to my name and you know so it was just I just didn't feel my place and my footing is filming actually until after I graduated so um you know the those first steps you know I was already in a vulnerable situation and then for someone to come in and act you know this wolf in sheep's clothing and I always said one day when I write a, a Article on this, I always say, like um I was sleeping in the bed with the devil. And how do you know, like when you really sleeping in the, the bed with the devil? And um I had gotten that deep in it, like literally, I was sleeping with the devil. um So you know, I had I felt like I had become of that, like this evil spirit, and I was a bad person, and I deserved this because of certain mistakes I had made in my past. And you know, so for for young women, I would definitely say that those were that 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 is where the the young woman in me uh, really fell short and why I wanted to make sure that someone else didn't feel that and that um I could you know take that power back um but I would definitely um that would be the main thing I think is um you're not alone and um like Krista said about you know speaking to your friends I wish I would have told my friends I didn't tell anyone I didn't tell anyone until literally what I just turned 30, and I didn't tell anyone about this until, what, 27? So I graduated from college at 2020, and I turned 21. And then when I went to grad school and graduated, I was 23. So I hadn't told anyone, you know, up until my late 20s. Wow. Um, I'm glad you
0: shared that personal story about being at Spelman and feeling like you were a misfit, you know, um, growing up in Detroit, you stated, and then going to school with a Rudy Hustable. For all of you who don't know, that's the youngest daughter on the Cosby show. And then being around all of these um, upper class, what we would consider in the black community, upper class women uh, as colleagues really, could make you feel like a a misfit and could lower your self-esteem as as it did. And so self-esteem is a big issue and we really have to raise the self-esteem of young women and young women, you have to uh, really nurture your self-esteem. Like Krista said, self first, Uh, that is the biggest issue because if you know what you're deserving of, you won't just expect, I mean, um, uh, you won't just allow anything in your life, right? Either you have standards or you don't. And sometimes when you have low self esteem, your standards lower. And, uh, we want to make sure that, um, women understand. And like you said, men too, cause men are in abusive relationships as well. Uh, is that, you know, there's no need to compare yourself to others. All of us do it. All of us do it, no matter where we are in, in our lives. But, you know, work to really accept yourself for who you are and the light that you are. So, in our final uh, few minutes, um, Krista, can you share with us um, any final thoughts you would have and what you would leave for uh, young men and young women? Um, in this uh, as we educate people in terms of uh, Domestic Awareness Month?
1: Yeah, um, like Celine mentioned earlier, um, domestic violence awareness, it does get overpowered a lot by um, breast cancer awareness in the month of October. So what I would say is, and my final thoughts are just to keep the conversation going. Um, As I stated earlier, This statistic has increased by 82% since the start of the pandemic, so it's not getting any better. And it's important for us to continue having this conversation because it's not going away. So whether that's with our friends, whether that's in public spaces, on our social media, we cannot continue to keep it quiet, especially in the Black community, because Black women are the most likely to die in an intimate partner violent situation. And we're the least likely to go to the police. And um, that might be a good opportunity for another show, but the police did nothing when I reported what happened to me. So we have to just continue to empowering empower one another, continue to share our stories so that other women and men will know that they're not alone. But ultimately we need to keep educating each other and ourselves so that we can put an end to domestic violence so I would like to just share the hotline if that's okay yes please to, um, so there are two ways to um get help and resources the first thing is to text start so text s-t-a-r-t to eight eight seven eight eight or you can call 1-800-799-SAFE that's 1-800-799-7233.
0: Thank you so much, Krista. Selene, mm-hmm. uh, any final thoughts?
2: Yeah, um, my final thoughts definitely are um, for women who see themselves, uh, you know, just starting out. So that prevention, that preparedness is what I call it in public health is um You know, ignore the noise and keep your blinders on if I would have known and, you know, just social media is just so relevant right now. So really putting like a horse does when they get on the race, they actually put these things on their face where, um, you know, they're focused on what they're doing and running their race. And that would definitely cut down on a lot of the, you know, naysayer. don't, you're trying to impress this, you don't like the skin you're in um, and, you know, trying to appease other, you delete your post because you don't get enough likes. A lot of that starts there to, you know, stem from a lot of those intimate partner violence issues that we see later that, you know, come up and bubble up. But for women that are right in the middle of it, um, Krista, I, I, I wholeheartedly respect um, you know, the numbers and the hotlines, but that didn't relate to me. Um, I didn't feel comfortable enough calling and pick them up the phone and talking to a stranger. And so when I say, and tell people like you're not alone like um you know that that trusted person at school that trusted friend um I didn't feel comfortable calling the police either so Krista has done way more than me okay I was not trying to get formal at all in this situation um I wanted to keep it on the DL and I didn't want to be alerted I didn't want any you know light on invisibility um and to you know go to a trusted teacher um you know uh go to your mental health there they all schools have mental health services um, and, you know, share and just talk. You know, if you don't want to share, a lot of girls come up to me and they say it's their friend or their cousin or something, but it's really them that's going through it. And that's okay. But to talk about it and get it out um, is another thing. And that you are going, when you know it's ready to leave and you're you're done with this situation, you're going to be so fed up because I was either at the place where I was going to jail, I was going to kill somebody, he was going to kill me or I was going to die. Um, so, you know, I had, I had a good three options. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to go, but this can't. Um, In my darkest moment, you know, just sitting in a closet, like hiding from this individual is where I was like, I really have to get out of this and then getting pregnant by that person. Um, So I had a lot of life decisions happening to me at once when I was 22, 23 years old, trying to, you know, I was in grad school and all that. So, but I tell women it's so easy to, um, you know, we get a lot of resources, but we don't know what to do with them or we don't know, you know, really how to utilize them or which way to go. And I always say like, you're never alone and if you really know that there is something that you want to do to change it, you're going to be ready to do that. And there are small groups. There's nonprofits. Um, if you're in a situation where you're living with that person, you do not have to stay there. Like they are resources and just be up on all that's available. Um, Because everybody who's out there kind of criticizing you, you know, that's what you're up against. And that's society's standards and um, acceptance of you. And that's really the biggest cloud that's over a lot of our heads when we feel the shame of this, Um, especially as Black women when we're supposed to be, uh, we're taught to be, all, you know, hard and I'm independent and all that all that jazz. So those are my main things. I'm very, very, um, poignant on the fact that if you need someone to call, like, even like all my content creation and all that, I'm a very girl's girl. And if you want to talk, chit chat, sit down, um, we're going to share the LinkedIn information. And, um, I would, you know, love the, You know, to connect with anyone going through it, and it always remains private. But my main savior was going into mental, um, mental health services, and I was in therapy for about two to three years. And I unpacked my baggage and I sat there and cried with the white noise. And she was a Spellman sister and a soror of mine, so um, I feel very comfortable in the situation. So find a therapist, find a psychologist, psychiatrist that works for you if those services are available. Especially if you're in college, you're paying for them; they're available you just need to find them um, and utilize them because they're getting paid somehow so it's based off your tuition and so therefore they're there for you to use just like the kitchen there just like the room and board it's in your tuition you paying for it. you getting loans you getting in debt for it so utilize all options just like you do with everything else and happy homecoming to everyone
0: thank you thank you Krista and Celine no shame share Again, I repeat, no shame, share. Whether you're taking Crystal's advice and calling the hotline, calling somebody anonymously, uh, connecting with someone anonymously, share. Uh, The other option, as Celine has uh, discussed, share with a trusted professional, a family member, a friend, a teacher, someone. Um, so that you can get the support around you you need in order uh, to get out of abusive relationships. So uh, we are so happy um, to have Krista and Celine here to share their stories so they they can empower you so that you can uh, be all that you can be and make your unique impact in the world. So now uh, we have reached our college strategies portion of our interview, and we have two uh, graduates from historically Black colleges and universities, also uh, a part of the universities of the Atlanta University Center, which actually has six historically Black colleges and universities all in one community. So um, Krista... And Celine, uh, Krista, you can go first. Could you please tell us what college or colleges did you attend, what were your major majors and degree or degrees, and what strategy would you give students to ensure that they're successful in college?
1: Yes, thank you. So I attended Clark Atlanta University. Mm-hmm. I have my Bachelor of Arts in Fashion Merchandising with a minor in business. And then a mentor of mine talked to me about going to grad school. So I also earned my master's of business administration with a concentration in supply chain management. Um, So my college strategy is to network, network, network. Get involved in as many things, as many organizations, as many clubs as you can, because this is the most critical time in your life to build that solid network and foundation. I had found my closest friends in college, my best mentors in college, and it really just came from me trying a bunch of things. I played volleyball for CAU. I was SGA graduate vice president. I was in the California club. I was just involved volunteering. I was a TA for Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, so... I was able to really meet so many amazing people. And even as an alum, going to events and continuing to reach back and see how I can volunteer, how can I get involved? And that's how I met Ramona in the restroom of the <laughs> event, um, during convocation week, I believe, during um, President French's um, investiture. And that, and alone, that relationship has blossomed with me being able to be a guest here on her podcast today. So definitely build your network. Um, and just spread your wings, try everything, and don't take time for granted because college days swiftly pass.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Krista. Make sure you network and build those relationships with your colleagues as well as um, your professors. Thank you, Krista.
2: Celine. Yes, um, so I um, went to Spelman College for undergrad um, I graduated with a bachelor's of science and biology um, with a concentration heavily on pre-med um, with all those, you know, prerequisites. And then I went to Morehouse School of Medicine um, in the AUC as well for my master's of public health. Um, and I had an emphasis on women's health and global health. Um, My strategies, I have another degree, but it's not from uh, um, HBC. I don't know if we're- um, Yeah, yeah, tell (laughs) us. (laughs) (laughs) My second master's is from Rush University um, Medical Center in Chicago, Illinois, and it's a master's in science um, biotechnology. Um, So um, my strategies- I was not involved, but I would love to say that would be a great strategy and to be very strategic about how to be involved. Not just that it looks good on your resume, but that colleges to build you as an adult um, and to really open your mind so any new experience anything you haven't experienced anything that you would like to try i tried archery in school i did badminton i did all kind of stuff so i would say um be involved with, be strategic and open up your mind to you know experiencing life as an adult adulting is hard and i would say my str- second strategy is um unpack the adulting practice adulting while you're in college <laughs> um i would i would say that you don't get practice when you graduate from college or grad school it is like all the time 100 percent job 24 7 so practice adulting and three um and kind of piggybacks off of um, some advice I gave earlier in the uh, podcast but it would be to again ignore the noise and put your blinders on um that's one thing I live by um just block a lot of out just block it if it if it i tell all my mentees i spell me, if it's not about your degree if it's not about making money if it's not about your success your betterment your empowerment you feeling good if you don't feel good when you do it don't do it again you can you can bump your head once um but keep your blinders on on the prize and your prize is graduating and making it to the next step and and having and making sure you're able to plan for it um and execute appropriately you can't do that when you, you when you're paying attention to too much noise
0: Thank you, Celine. I have one follow-up question. With that, what do you mean by practice adulting?
2: Practice adulting is uh, learning how to cook, learning how to clean, learning how to uh, pay your bills on time, um, learning how to budget, be fin- fiscally and financially responsible, being on a uh, you know a financial diet, learning how to travel. Um, you know, learning you know the best hygiene techniques. I know we learned hygiene back when we were five, but it is some stuff now I never knew about getting facials. I never about using cuticle oil. Um, uh, you know, getting wax treatments. Uh, you know, going natural. There's certain stuff that your mom was doing for you that that she you know that you know it's like a pimple a bump. It's like how do you do these things? Like how does that look? Even your oral hygiene, like you might have been brushing your teeth, but how do you floss correctly? Do you put your whiteners on like that? Soft girl, the soft girl life that's something you got to practice if that's a <laughs> thing that, that a lot of girls are looking for now girl to being that it girl like it's a whole way of it so it's, it's a way to it's an art a technique to it
0: I love it. Uh, and and that's what I was assuming, but I wanted to make sure uh, our audience had the, <laughs> the correct uh, connotation of what you meant by practicing adulting. You know, financial literacy is extremely important. And some of the times we get out there and we don't know how to budget. We don't know how to manage our money. We don't understand the importance of self-esteem and self-care, you know, health being included in that. You know, so um, I love uh, that advice. So Celine states, be strategic and open-minded, practice adulting, and most of all, keep your eye on the prize as you attend school. Thank you so much, Krista McGowan and Celine Alexandria for joining uh, me today. It's great to have you as guests.
2: Thank you again. Thank you, ladies. A special
0: thank you to the incredible team of the Empowerment Zone Terry on Gully, theme song, NADWORKS, digital support, and of course,
1: our featured guest.